You know I'm good, Bib. Hey, boomers! Welcome to the podcast that powers up the old cables below the ruins, accidentally reactivating something long forgotten. It's Sonic the Comic <laughs> the Podcast! The podcast that cracks open the 90s British Sonic comics and takes you back to a world where rings still rung and pixels still pushed. We're the humes who think we're in charge. I'm Dave Bulmer. And my name is Chris McPhilly, and we're here with issue number 109. 109? 100 yep. was only yep. a minute ago. I know. Where's the time it? go? Yeah, I, know. I don't know. You put all that effort in. <laughs> Of Sonic the Comic? Yes. Released on July the 23rd, cover dated August 5th. We've got a big picture of Elson Sonic here for the cover this time. What a concept, eh? I know, can you imagine? And it's, it's a particularly good one, I think. I really like this cover, I think it's very good. Do you know why I think you like it as much as you do? Oh, why? I have a theory here. Diagnose me, Doctor. Well, the po- so Sonic's Elson posing away with his little hands. Of course. One reaching out at you, one swinging back. Every hand and foot is in a different direction. Yeah, brilliant. And he's doing a big kick. He is. Such a big kick, in fact, that they've put what looks like a little sticker. Little sticker, it's, like it's, he's it's, stood it on like it, a yeah. a little banana sticker <laughs> yeah, on the sole of his foot. There's a little drop shadow and everything. I, I scratched it with my finger to see if it was a sticker. <laughs> it looks so much like that a sticker. That says... Cool kicking issue. Now, I could do with a little cool kicking in this heat. I'll give you a cool kicking in a minute. But do you know what it is? Is that the way his leg is swung up, Uh and his foot is the biggest thing, it's all coming out of the viewer, and the position of the Sonic the Comic logo over the top Mm. of his head means his foot and the logo are perfectly positioned to hide the fact we all have to agree Sonic is drawn f***ed up these days. (laughs) Well, I can't tell that he is on the. I mean, he looks exactly. Fine here, right? You oh. can't tell. Can oh, you? I see. Because his foot's covering one spike. His foot's his, covering the spikes. The coming logos out of his backs that the are probably spikes. coming off the back of his head, flicking up and out like a big flock of seagulls. Quiff going on there, <laughs> flicking up like an island. I don't know. I think this is probably a normally drawn one, but with the little thin spike. I can see there's a little thin perspective spike, but I like those. They're like Sonic oh, CD. Trust anything anymore <laughs> i tell you what i liked this cover so much that this is the very first thing i ever scanned on my first ever flatbed Ooh. scanner as i recall which is appropriate because the stc scans available online now were made with the first ever scanner <laughs> yeah i remember doing that i remember and that was when i found out you can't fully fit an entire stc into a scanner it's a little bit too big outrageous isn't it why don't they make them stc sized why don't they do you know what by spanky's found out do you know what scanners they do make stc sized American ones. Really? They're just a little bit larger. Uh, unless it's a coincidence and he happens to have one, but he reckons he's got a American letter-sized scanner and you can get an STC in there. So we do, all we need is an American. Oh, but really you want one with a huge, colossal, double-sized one so that you can open the double page and be like, there, turn, there, turn, there. Very few of them. Anyway, we've got some exclusive stories this issue. Unlike all the other stories that have ever been in STC, where you could get anywhere. Yeah, they're all reprinted in the Telegraph. You can find them on the street, (laughs) stuck to the sole of your shoe. Yeah. Like a little sticker. (laughs) Exclusive stories, new tales. Have we both had more sleep than usual? I feel like we're better this time. (laughs) Because I can tell you, I certainly have. I slept like a baby last night. Uh, (laughs) New Amy. A new decap attack. Plus... We didn't mention this about the cover art, but in the almost easy to miss, Hmm. because it's all done in pale blue and obfuscated totally by the big Sonic, Hmm. is, well, we haven't met him in story yet, but we'll meet him on the first page when we flip the comic open. It's the Emperor of the Dracon Empire. Hmm. Uh, That's him there doing an angry fist. 
Could do with an angry fist in this weather. Any weather. <laughs> and that's what's given rise to the cover line, Emperor Strikes Back, uh, which obviously was in the minds of the young people as well, because it is summer 1997, <laughs> the year of the special editions. Oh, God, it is 1997. I see what you mean, yeah. <laughs> Sonic in the Evil Empire, that is subtitled. And we have a strip along the top that says Mega Metallics pin-up inside. Oh, looking forward to that. And, uh... That's about it. That's it. That's, I think, every yeah. mote of information we can drag out of the cover. So let's drag our asses inside <laughs> to the control zone. Control zone. I wager, mm. Dave, yeah. that you had the same reaction to the control zone as I did. Yeah. Something's different. What's different? Yeah. No, it took, it took me a moment to realise that what's different is that there's a new entry on the Game Gear in the charts today called Man <laughs> Overboard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Dave jokes, but it'll be a new entry in the Game Gear charts mm. forever in heaven. <laughs> There's a new entry in heaven. For this was the issue where the charts bowed out. They're just not there, and it makes the whole inside cover look barren, I think. I don't want to keep going on about the death of a thousand cuts. No. But it feels like we've suffered a lot of them boom 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 rapid succession yeah, recently yeah, yeah and i can't help but notice that there's one half page advertiser supporting this particular issue and that's got to have something to do with something there is nothing this issue yeah what, what is it again i can't even remember what is the one ad we have this it's issue? just um oh yes it's the action man, action man one again, again and that's it so they've already bought a job load of them and i don't mean to say that you know the comic's unpopular so no one's supporting it but they've only got space for half an ad for some reason they've cut the pages down to the point where like they basically can't fund the comic anymore why make that decision why not have more advert pages i mean you could have an ad on the back but they want to keep doing the subscription coupon you could have or, another half page ad above the one for action man where they keep putting in the news agent reservation coupon well then maybe i'm wrong and it's the other way around maybe right now the comic is actually unpopular and they you know maybe it's an advertisers on twitter situation they just can't get them in but yeah yeah the control zone is just now half the page is megadroid's welcome screen which They've just expanded out sideways, you know, to, yeah. to fill the empty space where the charts were. It's just stretched out now, yeah. So now it's a, a much bigger illustration of Megadroid, and in big text, Hey Boomers! is the first column, and then two columns of regular welcome text. And then below that is just another, well, this issue, it's just an ad for next issue's decap attack strip. Yeah, a driller killer. It's nothing again, unfortunately. Yeah, it just tells you what's going to happen. There are no new exciting Sega events to promote currently. Uh, that, no, well, no. There were some coming. This isn't the end of Sega. They've got a whole Dreamcast life to go. This is it. But they're acting as if it is, aren't they? They're acting as if it's all done. It really super <laughs> feels like it, doesn't it? It feels as if... Yes, actually. It do, it do, I never thought of this before, but it does feel as if the people making Sonic the Comic have given up on Sega and are just like, let's put some children's comics together. Yep. Anyway, we jumped past Megadroid's actual welcome yeah. screen there where he's uh, he's getting ready to go on his holidays. Mm. I'll keep this short as I'm embarking on a trip to one of your seaside places. <laughs> <laughs> Sand in my circuits and all that. And I want to get off to pack my beach necessities. I like the, that makes Megadroid sound like an alien, doesn't it? Yes. He's come from some, one of your seaside of places. Seaside locations. But before I go, have a... 
Peer. <laughs> and this issue's light up like a, like a man's beer. So he rattles off the contents of the Tales, Decap, and Amy strips, and then closes out by saying, How could I forget? Sonic is falsely charged with crimes against the Dracon Empire, and helping the havoc along is the mighty Metallics, yes. who's also lurking in the center pages. Wouldn't want to meet him on a dark night. That reminds me, where are my new holiday shades? Megadroid's got built-in shades. He has got built-in shades. sunglasses for He's that cool. I think they should have drawn him all done up for summer. He should have had a Hawaiian shirt on, and he should have had another pair of shades on over his shades for this drawing. Splash of sun cream across the place where he yes, should have a thank nose. thank you. Hanky on the head. Rubber ring <laughs> around the hover bit. Yes. <laughs> this, is um, this is good comedy we're coming up with here. Yes, very good. We're very good comedians uh i do wish there were I wish some big implied air quotes there <laughs> there was a time when they would have drawn that stuff on and i wish yeah, they would but that's what i saying. do appreciate this charactery feeling megadroid again for this issue there have been issues where i was listening back there was an episode i think somewhere in the 60s or 70s where i said like it's starting to feel less like a character and more like some copy and uh no they're settling back in he's back megadroid this is megadroid well he's got to pick up the slack without the charts well farewell to the charts i mean we just sort of moved mm. past it to lament and everything but yeah they were certainly charts weren't they you can't exactly eulogize them the way we've eulogized the q zone and the review zone in the past but. no but they gave us a sense of what was sort of going on didn't they there's there's been a it's true. times now and then where we've gone oh that was when tomb raider came out or, yeah, or I mean, what have you things like that pardon the noises of everything outside the summer has begun oh gosh <laughs> yes it's simply too warm the windows are open i will say though you have in the course of this podcast on multiple occasions I'm about to be accused of something <laughs> not at all lamented the eternal passage of time Oh, yeah. And oh, you, hell yeah. And, Guilty as charged. Send me to the clink. <laughs> and how you have had to witness the death of your youth one year at a time. On pod and off. Yes. yes. Now, I haven't really gone along on that journey with you because it's all <laughs> the past to me. But I will say the loss of the charts is really making me oh. relive the whole oh. death of Sega oh. all over again. Yeah. To be at a time now when there was simply no point to have charts because there was nothing new Ugh. coming out for the Mega Drive and therefore the only... I don't know why they couldn't have kept printing a Saturn chart. Well, that's, isn't that interesting, though? Isn't Doesn't that tell us something? that they, yeah. they There was no point printing a chart for the current Sega console. What? It oh, could no. literally never have Sonic on it and the comic yeah. only had Sonic in it. Because now we would never have reviews or cues yeah. about other games. Yeah. So... The charts were just kind of a holdover in that respect. Just that little reminder that, yes, this is supposed to be the official Sega video game comic, but now mm. there's there's simply no video game content in this other than Sonic himself and also Decapitec for some reason. It even gives the slight impression, and I, and I don't know, and I don't, and I don't know then, and I don't know now if there's any truth in this, but it, it almost gives the impression that for a brief bit there... In the 90s, in the late 90s, video games might not have been a thing worth marketing to children for a bit. Well, we've talked about how, you know, this was the, the PlayStation was out now. Yeah. That, well, that was absolutely huge. I think perhaps a discussion was coming to the fore in this new era about the broadening of the audience for video games, perhaps. Yeah. I doubt that factored into this in any way. It just... Well, I suppose it's. I guess it's maybe maybe Sega didn't think kids were the one to put all the effort into marketing to at this point. How about this? I've never thought about it before, but I suppose they probably had to pay for the charts. 
They probably had to pay Elspeth. I don't know. I mean, so you're, you're implying that Elspeth was no longer even collecting the information? No, no, I mean, I'm implying that Egmont Fleetway didn't want to pony up the money to print the charts anymore. They're saving money in a, a load of different ways, and if this doesn't matter, then why pay for it? I mean, I guess so, but it feels weird to me, the idea that you'd have to pay for those, because isn't it just, like, public information? I don't know if it's... Yes, I don't know if it's true or not, but it did have their logos on, and I wonder it if that's... Did, that's true. It does, does that mean that it's premium? Because... No, the world was different. Maybe in those days it wasn't as easy to find the charts. I suppose you couldn't just find... Well, you could fire up the internet at this point. Who knows? Maybe yeah, maybe, maybe it was on there. Who knows? Mm. Nah. Somebody knows. Yeah. But they're probably dead now. <laughs> The Evil Empire, Part 2, written by Nigel Kitching, art by Richard Elson, and letters by Tom Frame. Sonic is brought before the Dracon Emperor, who charges him with crimes against the Empire, specifically the destruction of their Sentinel, the ancient stone robot Sonic encountered in the Aquatic Ruin Zone way back in issue number 29. Watching from the shadows, Tails is unable to do anything as Sonic is locked in a cell to await trial by combat against Robotnik's new metallics the next morning. Woo, you bastard, look at this first page. <laughs> Two nice. big tall panels, all the way the height of the page, and we see the Dracon homeworld. Mm. Sort of. We see well, we one see a pillar bit, a bit, of rock yes. on the Dracon homeworld that's got a flipping palace on the top of it, and it looks well cool. And you can see space in the in the sky, and, you, and it it almost looks like it's coming out of uh, like a volcano or something. There's no real evidence for that. It's just the sort of tone. Lots of orange mist, smoke, and, and mist. yes, it could be smoke or it could be mist. It could be smoke. But there's, Purple there's, pointy mountains in the background, and flickies flying ahead in the foreground because oh, this course. horrible place looks like where flickies would come from, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my great. There. The idea being, yes, that the Dracon homeworld is, is where Flickies come from, and they come to Mobius through the rings. Suppose you would. Well, yeah, get away from this place. Yeah. Looked at in the opposite direction, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Yeah. So this is the House of War, Ooh. the caption tells us. Yeah. Uh, we don't get any more elaboration on what that means exactly, but... No, no. Well, who needs it? That's, no, that pretty speaks much, for itself. Yep, this is where the bastards live. Yeah, and we cut to it, and, and here's the Emperor. Is he the Emperor, or is he just the War Emperor? The Emperor of War? Well... You know, I, it occurs to me, hmm. he's not actually identified as the Emperor within the text of the story, ah. uh, but it does say on the cover, Emperor Strikes Back. Ah. So, it, Oh yeah, that's yeah. where we got the idea from. And they're doing the bit where the Emperor is a, he's just a little guy. He's the littlest of the guys, he's such a tiny he's wee, the littlest wee, of the guys. Guy. He's got all these big troops flanking him on either side, who look like sentinels, or slightly different versions of sentinels, mm -hmm. not you know, multiple stories tall, like the ultra super mega sentinel that Sonic met back in issue 29, but uh, similar yeah, principle. Just guy ones, just bloke ones. They're all brown in this first panel, and they're, well, they're colored monochrome in every panel they appear in, so it's not clear if they are all one color or if it's just because they're in the background, but you know, the, the, the original sentinel was all one color. Yeah. But the emperor himself is a, a green, big purple cape, and big ornate Jack Kirby helmet on him. Oh, wow. Look at how... Okay, so Elson has given him a Brutus cape. It's got the upward sweeping yes, on the shoulders. shoulders. And look at how it drapes all over his little throne in all directions. That's hard to draw. It's too big for his throne. It's, it's way too, too big. big for him. And if he stood up, it would trail on the ground behind. He's just a little guy. He's a little... He's a Napoleon... 
complex type guy. And I like, well, look at his shoes. We're see- he's so small that when he sits on his throne, his feet point straight forwards. Yeah, his feet don't touch the ground. They just stick out. And on the soles of his feet, he's got these nozzles. And I wonder if that, like, he would float so that he'd be like a full-size guy walking along I with could, his cape. Yeah, they, they're not just <laughs> details on the bottom of the shoes. Those are, they're not, it's not just like a pattern on the bottom of his boots. Those are three-dimensional objects. Yeah, that, something comes out of them. It would be difficult to walk on them. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm willing to bet, yeah, if they're not just full-on jets, they're at least little hover things so <laughs> we can they, look anybody in the eyes. If they're not full-on then at least they're... Exactly. <laughs> you try and disagree with that. I can't. You're bang on the money. <laughs> so, yes, after being dragged through the Mobius ring at the end of last issue, Sonic is brought before the Empire and charged with these crimes. And Oh, isn't Robotnik great in this oh. whole bit where he's just standing off at the side, genuflecting to the Emperor, <laughs> bowing, and, oh, come, come, oh, I'm only here to see that justice is done. <laughs> Some particularly good... Uh, I'm going to have a little diversion here on the art. Robotnik, he's a big egg in this issue. <laughs> a big egg. Yes, we pulled back a little from the threat that was going on last issue as he just stands off to the side in this one. He, he is more egg-esque. Well, it's because Rich has gone from drawing him round and inflated, as he was in the Flicky's Island story, to d- definitely egg-shaped again in this one. I mean, look at page five, top of page five. What a big egg he is there as he walks out the door. Bottom of page four. What a big egg he is there as he points at Sonic. <laughs> He's a set of big eggs. Uh, Sonic, meanwhile, so we have a mix of Sonics here. We have proper ones and we have Sonic 3D ones. Proper ones and wrong ones. Proper ones and wrong ones. The first one is an interesting mixture. Elson has drawn a proper Sonic, and then just to say that he'd done a wrong one, just so that it can get signed off, he's just added a wrong spike in the background. Just a random spike jamming out from the back of his head in between his other spikes going off in completely the other direction. Mm, What even is that? Um, But then, some Sonics I love on page two and three. I really like, because as you know, I like me a perspective little spike. Yeah, I don't love it, but I I tolerate it. I'm comfortable saying here that I think what Elson is doing is he's he's bringing in wrong Sonic in a he's trying his best to bring it in in a gradual enough way that I actually really appreciate. Like I've said before, he's only using the Sonic 3D head if he can justify it in certain circumstances. Like he's bringing it in gradually, as if he's as if he's just trying out new angles to draw Sonic from or new ways to draw him from different angles. Given that the front view of him was never fully satisfied. Factory, mm. even if we didn't often notice at the time and he's hiding it inside various new ways of drawing sonic spines from different angles that i do like but it's on page four that things sort of really go awry what even is going on there it's just all one going up one going down one going round yeah it, it's it's almost a not supersonic because but but yeah not Richard Elson's supersonic. It's like Sega's supersonic, coloured mm. blue. You know, the, the version of Sonic that's just Sonic, but yellow and his spikes look different? That, but coloured blue, is kind of what we have here at the bottom of the page. And my my note about this just says, oh no, bad Sonic, no, 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 bad. That's Yes, correct, or, absolutely. One, no elaboration required, 100% accurate. Or, he goes, at the time, he's pointing at the Emperor, he's saying, a threat, look, Mobius, it, could it be that Elson is trying to establish... Upward spines as something that happens when Sonic is angry, nope. when he's bristling. Nope. 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 <laughs> Wrong Sonic. Oh, no, no. Mm. Bad. Yeah. Oh, well. 
and we get a couple of head-on shots in this one as well where they're doing that flick thing where it's the halfway between the uh, Sonic 3D cover where the spikes are going up but then Elson draws them as curving they, they rise up and then curve down at the tips because yes. Sonic spikes curve down and they he understands down. that's what they do you can't avoid that they are asking them to draw things they can't yes wrong <laughs> wrong it could be worse the head on Sonic could be raining <laughs> uh, yeah we're not yeah this could be this could be worse this could be worse and Elson's doing a brilliant job trying to disguise how bad he's got to do it. <laughs> but we can't let this be the only thing we ever talk about nope. when we have to look at these pictures of Sonic for the next three years. Because the thing is, the rest of the art in this whole strip is great. Yeah, it's yeah, some lovely. real classic STC stuff. We got flashbacks to the Sentinel. Yes. And Sonic recounts how it fell to pieces. And the Emperor uh, is... So you admit you are responsible for the destruction of our Sentinel? And Sonic, no, it, he fell apart all by himself, which is what happened in the original that is what story. Happened. We remember, we read it, you know. He was a 2,000-year-old model, well past his sell-by date. Speaking of the art, by the way, this uh, So You Admit panel, what is it about this panel? I love it. The horizontality of it, the space left, it, it's, a, it's one of those long strip-out-of-the-middle-of-the-page panels. You've got the Emperor guy on one side pointing, and then a big space left in front of his pointing finger. You got that? There's something about that, the specific zoom level. Somehow, this panel communicates what it's trying to communicate with way more drama than I'm used to in this comic, I think. It's just really expressive and perfect, and I flipping love this panel. I don't, what is it? It's funny, yeah, because it's fully half empty, yeah. but I at no point clocked that until right now. Right, because it's so dramatic. That space is like... Because he's pointing his finger and it... That, and he's it, only wee, so he doesn't fill up all the space he's got. He's only a little guy. Somehow I think the space emphasises the point that he's doing. Like, there's this distance between him and Sonic. Nobody approaches the Emperor. He's laying down the law. I don't know, it's just good. It's a really good example of comics art, I think. And I do wonder, you see, in, in, in this next panel here where we see Sonic pointing his finger back at the Emperor, we see that this throne room, if you will, it's all... Greco-Roman columns and uh, checkerboard floors, just like the <laughs> rusty ruin zone of the, uh, oh, of the wow. Sonic 3D. And I wonder if that's intentional. It's probably intentional, right? Probably intentional. But then again, I suppose those are things you would draw in a, a throne room of some sort, aren't they? So yeah, Checkerboards? I... Well, like tiled floor. Well, it's a throne room in Sonic, but well, still, whether intentional or not, it's a nice match. It's lovely. Of course, what, I shouldn't say just like the rusty ruin zone when, of course, every level in Sonic 3D has checkerboard floors, but... Yeah, well, that's true. But how similar is it to the Aquatic Ruin Zone? Of course, I don't think there's checkerboards in that zone, is there? Mm, I got, yeah, so you don't see the floors? Well, well, no, but we know that the checkerboard floors... We know they're the, there, the Green Hill zone but somehow. we don't see them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, because, yes, this is when we get the reveal. Sonic demands to know why the Sentinel was there at all, and the Emperor explains that thousands of years ago, the Dracon Empire had an outpost on the planet Mobius. We lived in an area that you now know as the Aquatic Ruin Zone. And, uh, yeah, Robotnik's just been, uh, Robotnik's been lying, yeah. basically, is what has happened here. He has ingratiated himself to the Emperor by, by telling them, he's, he's done a knuckles. He's done a knuckles on the Emperor. Yeah. By saying, Mobius is a threat, uh, and Sonic said, we're a peace-loving world, not a threat to anybody. It's too late for your lies. <laughs> Sonic's dragged off to the sale, tries to 
bash the walls in, can't do it, you know, Robotnik comes to gloat, and we're just sort of filling in the little gaps in the story where someone's like, how did you even know about the Sentinel? Uh, spy cameras! <laughs> just in <laughs> case. Fair enough. And fair enough indeed, but... Um, Entertaining as this all is, this is very much a, a middle chapter, a getting of the ducks in a row. So Sonic is then put in prison, and uh, the prison is at the top of this huge. It's like a well, it, I mean, it's made to look like an ancient pillar, but it's a building, yeah, big column. It's yeah. got a prison in it. That's quite a good touch, actually. Yeah, isn't it? as are the couple of flickies sitting on the top of it. <laughs> as is the fact that because it's up in the air, that would make it extra hopeless for most people. But Sonic happens to have a best mate who can fly and who he didn't realise has followed him through the ring. So Tails shows up, putter putter puttering at the window, and Sonic says, well, how do you get here? Well, I'm, I'll tell you later between issues. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to try and help, but, but he can't just get him out. Sonic's locked mm. in there. We've been in worse situations than this. <laughs> Although, to be honest, nothing springs to mind right now. <laughs> but uh, we haven't seen our boy yet. The key reason to be on tenter hooks from episode to episode right now. Our red metal child. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beloved son. Yeah. So we cut back to Robotnik and Grimer for the last page, talking to each other about what's going on. This is the best thing that's ever happened to us, Grimer. With the support of the Dracon Empire, Mobius will soon be under my control again. <laughs> but before that... It's revenge on that miserable hedgehog. And we see metallics getting charged up for this mm. trial by combat. And if you're just joining us, when we say metallics these days, we mean the Knuckles the Metallics. The new model metallics, the <laughs> Knuckles Metallics. Oh, did they call it did they call it the Knuckles Metallics at any point? I think they just call uh, it metallics so yeah, far. I think so. Or the new model metallics. Hmm. He's just, uh, he's just, uh, look at him. Well, we spent a lot of time talking about how good and cool and great he is last issue. He's so. dead good, and he's the normal good and cool and great this time, except now he's plugged in and getting charged up, so there's all lightning zapping out of, and or maybe into, his eyes, which is dead cool. He's covered in this, <laughs> surrounded by this miasma of zappiness, and uh, it connects at where his pupils would be. Wicked, yes. Hell yeah, and he's T-posing. Because of all the static, <laughs> his metal arms have kind of risen up. <laughs> well, you know, you got hands that big, it's hard to get them down by your side, isn't it? That's it. It's hard to draw them down by your side. More to the point. <laughs> Next issue, Sonic and Metallics in a fight to the finish. Whee. Hell yeah, really? Okay. Next issue, yeah. I'm on board. So yeah, a bit of a bit of a metal chapter, a bit of a, an explanation, getting things uh, lined up, revealing the Sentinel thing, which obviously we jumped ahead to a couple of issues ago because we recognised the tease, mm. Dracons previously being on Mobius, which we know, of course, is a little tease for something that's coming up in uh, an issue or two about them. Keep listening to find out. An issue or two, really? Well, it's the end of the Evil Empire story, isn't it? Really? I thought it was ages on. All right. Uh, for now, we just got to look forward to Sonic v. Metallic's round. Oh, yeah. What round are we on now? Round six Ooh, or seven in the grand Sonic v. Metallic's boat history. Couldn't possibly tell you, but the more the merrier. Get me a Sonic v. Metallic's, and if it's if it happens to be a Knuckles one, hell yeah. You're going to call it his first proper fight with the Knuckles Metallic's. Oh, yeah. He just got the drop on him last issue. Last oh, yeah. issue didn't count, and no. Sonic would be the first one to tell you <laughs> Best of three. <laughs> <laughs> Cog the Mighty Written by Lou Stringer Art by Andy Pritchett Letters by Ellie DeVille When a badnik attacks some construction workers Excavating the ruins of Citadel Robotnik Tails steps in to save them But not before the badnik's electrical blasts Wind up re-energising a primitive robot Buried in the rubble This kindly droid named Cog 
turns out to be the first robot ever created by Dr. Kinterbor many years ago. But the construction workers think he's just another badnik and attack him, and this time it's Cog's life that Tails has to save. Look at this! Straight out of the gate. Look at his bum crack! <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, right out of the gate, panel one, builder's bum crack. Builder's bum crack! That's how you establish some builders. Now, I was gonna yep. say, post 100 continuity, we're bulldozing yes. Citadel Robotnik. I mean, it's already been ruins for forever, and what do we have? We had the. I'm gonna start calling them the Freedom Havers. Um, <laughs> checking out the ruins a couple of issues ago when they yes. met Drat there, so now they've got the guys in to clean up Just the Just tidying it all now, yeah. And turn it into a park. Oh, they should. That'd mm, be nice. We'll call it Robotnik Park. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of these new badniks. Uh, yeah, we still... What Stringer is doing has not quite lined up with where things are over in the kitchen strips just yet, with this idea that Robotnik is sending out these new Flicky-powered badniks from oh, his yeah. base on, on Flicky's Island to menace the world. We'll have to see if the continuity ever gets lined up at some point. Yeah, sure. So a new badnik comes along. Have we had this before? This badnik? I don't think this particular one, no. It looks an awful lot like a Valkyrie already, anyway. Well, that's the thing. Like with last issues, I think good new badnik. I think this is a good new badnik. It's a good little design. This is a good new badnik, yes. It's very Sonic-y. Immediately, you know, the builders are like, oh, flipping it, here's a badnik. Better you than me, Tails. Oh, I'm off. I'd need danger money to tangle with that. <laughs> Don't worry, guys, I'll have a go. You're welcome to it, Tails. Yeah. Just, that's good. I, that's, it is I, good, I, I just it? enjoy the banter, yeah. The fact that the, the Mobius working class are just like, oh, badniks. badniks. Just here trying to do a job. Yeah. And so Tails immediately uh, bops it. I was I got slightly confused, stroke interested, wondering where this sudden gold ring came from. But it's <laughs> yeah, a little bit, right? It's just the surround of the turbine engine on the badnik. Yeah, it does look like a ring has popped out along with the flicky there. Yeah, doesn't it? But yeah, so a flicky comes out of that because that's the continuity now. It's always flickies, and it's yeah. it's saying tweet with a tweet. full stop and a bored looking expression, which I found very that, that, funny. That, it's it's not going tweet tweet. No, tweet. that bird is definitely going tweet. tweet. <laughs> it's one of the it's one of the fat green flickies and it's like tweet uh, that flicky's voiced by Patrick Warburg come on it's gone it's gone tweet so the idea is that this this bird badding it shoots lightning blasts oh it's shocking what some of these badniks can do and there's a little megadroid footnote going groan <laughs> electrical puns but the blasts hit a cable lying in the rubble, which sends this current all the way down into down, down, down into the depths beneath the citadel, where this retro sci-fi fifties robot comes to life. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Then is Citadel Robotnik built on like where Kinterbor used to have a little lab or something, a little inventing? Well, place. no, because Kinterbor's lab was definitely in the hill zones, either green or emerald. Well, yeah, it, well, he could have had more than one. Well, he had a lab. That was a science lab. This is a building robots room. <laughs> yeah. That's the question, is why is it below Citadel yeah. Robotnik? But never worry. Maybe Robotnik was nostalgic Sentimental? at heart, and we yeah. never knew, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, so... And then this robot. And it, it is, like, the most classic robot you can ever imagine. Like, straight arms, made out of bins. You can see the rivets linking yeah. the, the, the seams down the side. Dome head, iron Big giant jaw. Bender jaw. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Bender from Futurama, is literally, actually. What it Light is. on the top of his head, bolts for ears. Bulbs for the eyes. For the eyes. Yeah, the robotinist robot you can think of. And he drags himself up out of the earth, going, I am Kong. 
Kong and he wanders around with his arms stuck out straight like a big Frankenstein's monster. This can't be an invention of robotics. It looks ancient. And the, the, uh, the builders are all looking on going, is there going to be trouble? If there is, that old robot won't last five minutes. And then we hit the hugest spelling gaff the possible. biggest cock up you could possibly make. Just, yeah. Cog looks around and goes, Everything looks different. Where is my kind and caring creator, Dr. Robotnik? F***ed it. F***ed it, They f***ed it. Completely. Whoever made that spelling mistake at whatever point has ruined this story with it. Yeah. We, 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 we can read around it. We persevere. Yeah. You've got a lot of catching up to do. Years ago, a laboratory accident changed good Ovi Kinterbor into evil Dr. Robotnik. He's the meanest dude on Mobius. So yes, he was supposed to say... Kinterbor. Dr. Kinterbor Dr. put this Kinterbor. in Robotnik. Yeah. It's literally He's not, not possible to, to cook up any Dr. harder. Robotnik. No, you've said the exact opposite of what you were trying literally. to communicate. <laughs> Oh dear. It's enough to make a grown robot leak. I was the first robot Kinderbore ever made. He was so thoughtful he would shut me down at night so I could rest. I guess when he turned bad he forgot all about me. Did he, or did he, take you and keep you and put you under his evil citadel in the place where he didn't have his lab, did he? Maybe there was a soft side. There was a soft-boiled side. (laughs) Hey! To the big egg. big egg after all. <laughs> I love this panel, though, where the construction worker then comes in to wallop Cog with the <laughs> digger. Because it's... Look, I just love how Pritchett's drawn it. Everything... Actually, that's kind of something I was really appreciating about Pritchett in this strip, is uh-huh. that everything has so much mass. Mm. Everything feels so big and tactile. Mm. Look at that big, heavy, bold lines and big shapes that that digger's made up out of. And yeah. even Cog himself, you know? Cog looks heavy and light at the same time. It's like he does look... He looks like he's made out of bean tins, like mm. you said. Yeah. You can hear the sound of banging him, can't you? you I mean, the sound of knocking on him, I should have said. That, yeah, you can knock on him and he'd be hollow, yeah. Uh, but then Tails hauls the builder out of the cockpit, which was the little preview panel we saw last issue. It was like, why is Tails so mad in the control zone last mm. issue? And it's like, well, this is why. Oh, I can yeah. get good money for him down at the scrapyard. <laughs> the only scrap you'll get is with me if you hurt Cog. Hey, hey. that was good. And then um, good line. Then the, the, the story just suddenly starts grasping for an ending. <laughs> you know... The, the guy, why should you care? It's just an old robot. What use is he to anyone? The builder asks. And Tails is like, he can teach us all about history. And then uh, we do a little time jump at the end for the final panel where Cog's been cleaned up. He's all polished and shiny. When I was activated, this area was all fields. And then, well, Tails really has to reach for his stringer stinger. <laughs> reach for his stingers, lads. He says, uh, Cog is a hit as what you call a real a polished performer. No, mate. No, didn't get there. It's not the best stringer stinger, but we have already on this page had the only scrap you'll get with me. I like that. That's a good line. And, and I appreciate it. Uh, this was all Fields joke. I'm pretty sure it's the second or third time we've had it in STC well, at this point. You but still, that, yeah. I'll enjoy it anytime. But yeah, there's a nice idea here. Mm. 
finding their their first robot Dr. Kintobor ever made, oh, which is a, an interesting idea in and of itself. The very idea that Kintobor used to make robots at all, that wasn't something he was ever established as doing. But then it sort of doesn't have anywhere to go after that. There's there's no story on top of the fact that here's a robot Kintobor made and and there's a panel of a misunderstanding and then and then and then the robot is still here and he lives here now and we I would say we'll probably never see him again, but you never know with Stringer, to be fair. Certainly early Stringer used to bring back everything he came up with, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see him again. It is an interesting idea. I don't know what else there is... Because it's not as if Kintobor is someone who was that old. Like, he's not... Do you know what I mean? He's not from the distant Well, past. that's it. They do talk about it like it is from hundreds of years yeah. ago, history. don't they? But, yeah. yeah. History. It's from five, ten years ago. Like Sonic knew Kintobor, you know? Yeah, it, the best you're going to get out of this robot is stuff from a couple of years before Sonic, before stuff Sonic could tell you. <laughs> Imagine the idea of coming to somebody to be entertained from something from about 25 mm-hmm. years ago <laughs> and have people tell you about how it went and what it was like to be around back then. Whoever heard that would be such nonsense. What kind of wretched individuals would seek out that sort of entertainment? I don't know. I can't even begin to imagine. Anyway, what's in the diary this week, dude? <laughs> diary I have a bad case of diary. I have a bad case of diary. I have a bad case of diary. We've got an actual little storyline in the diary zone today. A little, a little arc. Um, and, That's uh, more than that tail strip had. <laughs> and it's all about another, yet another flipping holiday. Oh, I thought it was going to be your newest obsession or something, what you're into this well, summer. Last well, year it was the Summer of Zib. Well. What's this, the Summer oh of? Oh, God, you can remember the Summer of Zib. Well done. Well, summer, well, well, the day of Zib. You know, the, that yeah, one, whatever it was. couple of, a week of Zib. This <laughs> is not that far removed from that sort of an idea. Um, So, I, I, I know I come across as a bit bougie because all of my memories seem to be from millions of holidays I've gone on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's as true as you think it is. It's just that we talk about it once a year. If you're new to this, then God help you. My family, for two weeks every summer, two separate weeks, would spend a week somewhere and a week somewhere else, somewhere within the UK. We'd have two little holidays. And something about being away in this new place, it, it just fired up my brain and memories were created at more or less every occasion. This time we're going to get the story of what is, I'm fairly confident I can say, one of the most memorable ones of these I've ever had. Whenever I think about childhood You didn't say best or worst. You just said most memorable. No, indeed. So join us. Mm. Join us on this trip. We start on Saturday the 26th of July, 1990... Oh, hi, by the way. This is the section of the... They know what it is. Well, someone might be their first episode. God help anybody coming in at (laughs) this stage. Yes, but they might be. (laughs) This is my real teenage diary. I wrote this during the two weeks this issue was out. Here's what's in it. Saturday, the 26th of July, 1997. 11.02pm. New diary. Oh. Started a new book. Finished the old one. Yep. Yeppie. This is a patoinking new edition in the Bulma Diaries series. And it's we're a bad <laughs> start, kids. And we're on holiday in South Devon. Well, so far, I'm coping. Of course, because this is the first year now where you're on holiday. Hmm. Without the internet. So far I'm coping. I have my Mega Drive. I brought that with me. I can't believe you've brought your Mega Drive. I, I know. It's the only time we ever did on that. On your holiday. It's the only time we ever did. I think this is it. I think I was like, if I've got to be away from all my Sonic, then I'll... Then I'm going to bring all my Sonic with me. <laughs> and then we hit Sunday the 27th. One of the most memorably embarrassing days of my whole life. Uh-oh. 
This is a day that I am genuinely ashamed of. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I haven't heard what it is yet, but I'm just glad to know. I'm genuinely glad to know you feel shame. Feel shame. Think of the stuff that you've heard so far that I've not felt shame about. Think of it, folks. Rubber chicken, 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 rubber chicken. And now imagine the behaviour I would have to exhibit to feel shame. And that is the day rat. So we're on this holiday, okay? Sunday. The 27th of the 7th, 97, second day of the holiday, 8.32pm. This is the worst day of my life! <laughs> I remember everybody, I am 15. And what happens when you're 15? Yeah, kick off. Get the horn. I mean, kick <laughs> off. Dad's really angry at me after we got into an argument this morning. Andy has been annoying me all day, following me around just to throw things at me. So when I tried to go somewhere alone and he followed me, I told him to go away and he didn't. So I told him again and again. I like that you've put on the, uh, the teenage <laughs> voice for this one. If there was ever a day in my life when my voice cracked like this, this was the day. Thi there is no other day. This is the day. This is, it's like- Today is the day you became a man. Imagine- Child. The- hormonal problem that a 15 year old can become that they are that they exist as i basically did all mine on this one day <laughs> got it out of your system in one go it will i won't i won't go as far as to say that <laughs> this is the last time i was an irritating person but but oh my Leave god that to the audience <laughs> I'll tell you more about this day because I won't have written it all down. But here's so yes, because in the moment I'm trying to be a protagonist, you will have felt you were right, yeah, yeah. and you won't have chronicled yeah, yeah, yeah. properly how wrong you were. But you remember how much of a little dickhead you were. So I'm telling Andy to go away, and then it goes. Then Dad arrives. He yells at me, and he won't listen to a word I say. He then told me that as soon as we get home, he will ban me from seeing any of my friends, both on the net. The best friends any man could hope for. <laughs> <laughs> and in England. I'm growing to dislike these anyway. I never really liked them anyway. <laughs> now, at this point in the diary, a second pen joins the page. Oh. Responding to the part where I said that I never really liked my school friends anyway. Mm -hmm. And it says, in a blue biro, as opposed to the black uniball of the main entry, it says, You f***. What a f***ing lie. <laughs> Who wrote that? Is it you coming back in time? It's me. A bit later than this, when I'm still a young and belligerent, but a bit later than this, to start hormoning up myself in the past. <laughs> and then there's a whole little footnote. It says, what a little nose. Dad probably did nothing wrong here. I ruined the day by spending the entire day bitching and moaning about being on holiday, quote, against my will. <laughs> this is true. So let me fill you in on what's happened here. So what happened is, it's basically as second young Dave says, I arrived at this place, I'm missing the internet and all of that stuff. You got the Jones, man. You got the shicks. Yeah. And yeah. It, detoxing. It basically was. And I'm for the first time, I'm feeling that I don't want to be on holiday. I love it at home. I want to stay at home. I want everyone to leave me alone, for God's sake. Why do I... Why is... It, all I want to do... On this day, you truly did become a, a man. All you became the man you are leave today. Leave me alone! Leave me alone and let me stay at home. Yeah. All I wanted to do was be on the computer in flipping peace, and at every turn, I'm, I've already described how I'm 
casting over my shoulder everywhere because I don't want people to see what I'm typing in private conversations. I'm getting very, very insular. And I've started saying it. I'm moaning about this. I'll have said some small thing and Dab will have said, oh, grow up or something. And that, that'll have got me cross. And, and it's one of those things. You ever had this where you've started arguing? You're in a grump. Yeah. And actually to stop arguing would feel worse than to have your problem resolved. Do you know what I mean by that? You ever felt that? Sure, sure. You're not letting someone else have the last word. Yeah. That's what stopping arguing means. I remember having a real problem when I was a teenager. When I would have an argu- a teenage argument with one of my parents, I wouldn't let them have the last word because I couldn't lose the argument. But also, if I won an argument, hmm. that felt bad. Because I'm being mean to one of my parents. Winning an argument's the best thing. No, I didn't like it. So I would kick off another argument then. You're just an unpleasable little prick, yeah. weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Professional contrarian, Dave Teenage Boomer. So, like, if I was ever arguing with my mum and she went, okay, and just conceded, I'm like, no, now it's sad. <laughs> Stand up for yourself. Oh, well, I guess I'm just a stupid old woman. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, oh no. So You uh, know best, you know best. I'll I'll not say anything. <laughs> yeah, so I'm having one of those days where I'm like, no, the important thing is the argument must go on. And I can remember us, I think I've mentioned this, going up a hill while I'm moaning at my dad. I think I've said that on the this podcast before. Familiar, yeah. yeah. Just wouldn't stop. Would not stop. And dad's like because dad's what what dad's trying to say is listen. We've taken you on holiday. What do you want? This is nice. You're on holiday. It's sunny. We're at the beach. Uh, and, and oh, let me tell you about this place that they'd booked. It was great, right? It was this, I think it was a bungalow. I think it was a single story house. It, it had, we've never had this before or since, this long, imagine a balcony, but that's indoors. So like a conservatory, but really wide, like this sort of observatory deck, yeah. long rather than sort yeah. of a, a squarey or roundy sort of shape. And this conservatory, the whole wall glass looking out, down a hill and as you go down this hill it's a five minute walk to the seaside and so you can see it you can sit in this room at the back with these comfy settees there and you're looking down at the beach and it's a beautiful view and you can see the little ice cream van park there you can see the little chalets there there was some sort of a little um what do you call it like uh not a butlins but a place where people can go and have a little holiday camp sort of a place it's a lovely view Anyway, it's this lovely place, and I'm just whinging on about how I'd rather be a boring old home. And Dad's, he's, he's had enough, he's arguing back, he's going, look, look, what, I've paid for this, what are you whinging about? And I'm whinging and I'm whinging and whinging. My older self continues. Um, Dad did say something about shutting off the net, so I would appreciate holidays more. And he worded it so that I could take that to mean school friends as well, I'm sure it didn't mean that. I then proceeded to be a huge, spoilt brat about it by saying to mum and all because i didn't want to stop some idiot rpg i liked to do online sake dave the battle of the young daves here (laughs) i wonder whenever this is from old dave time Mm. older young dave i think this is smaller big dave i think we're talking about 22 years old 23 oh that much further on i mean how many of these directors commentaries are there A new feature added to the diary zone, just like... But, back to the actual original, so I'm still in my foul teenage mood. So what happens then? If I was disconnected from the net and the phone, as Dad said, there would be nobody left who cares whether I live or die. Jesus Christ. And I would personally rather die. Strangers. 
I told mum all of this, and she's done f all about it. I don't think she even listened to me. No. I'm angry, and I'm trapped in one room hundreds of miles from my home. I don't know why I'm trapped in one room. I think because I've gone to my room. I think I've stormed off and slammed the door. I can't talk to anyone except mum, and she's pissed off to a pub somewhere. It's a wonder I'm alive right now. All right, kid chameleon. I can't believe you unplugged the games console. I'll ring Childline. Childline. Yeah. Honestly, that's, yeah, like, oh my god. And then, I don't remember this ever happening again. Maybe I'm a parent to tell you a different story. This is the day. I honestly, I cannot imagine what it must have been like to put up with me. Like, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Probably every parent goes through it. Hopefully mine only went through it on this day. But, like, after this... W- w- Join me on this story arc, Chris, because that's day one. All right. That's day one. That's where it all begins. That's the opening day of what was, Chris? A great holiday. My favourite holiday I've ever been on. That night, I try and calm myself down. That was half eight. This is 11. It's okay. It's all right. Play it cool. Enjoy the holiday and everything's gonna be fine. Then when we get home, I'll I'll show them. I'll show yeah. them all. Did you ever do this, Chris? Did you ever kick off? Were you ever a teenager in this way? Like, I'm sure I was, but I don't yeah. have any specific memories of it. Because it was no. probably more normal for me to do it. Also, I definitely didn't have this internet detox that you were going through. As I was, a, I was a few years older before I got on. And you can see Dad's point, can't you? I don't think it's got across in the way I've written it, but like a big part of what he was saying was like, F- "Hell, if this is what the internet has done to you in the short time you've had it, mm. it is worth thinking about taking you off it, mate." And yeah. I mean, I think what's happened here is it's just coincided with me being 15 and, <laughs> frankly, getting the time of day from a couple of girls. The mad blend of hormones that you are at this stage in your life. Yeah. Monday the 28th of the 7th, 97. How? How do we get from the worst day of my life... Worst day of my life. ...to the best holiday of my life? Something is tried today that's never been tried before. And it's just, it's just written down in these three words. Stayed home today my whole family went on their daily jaunt out to wherever it is they went today and i didn't for the first time i was left home on my own and all i've written is this (laughs) stayed home today chris is you can't hear eyebrows wiggling (laughs) in an audio medium but believe me chris's eyebrows are going Stayed home today and had a great time with Dad's binoculars looking at girls on the beach. Sweet suffering <laughs> Jesus Christ Almighty in his heaven on <laughs> And then it says, sorry, hormones! Oh, well, well, at least you knew. So we have this observation deck, <laughs> which has a direct line to the beach. You know, using the binoculars to look at the beach. Of course. Oh, what, what, of course. What else are you going to do? You'd do it now. Anybody would. And it would be innocent. It would be the normal thing to do. But yes, there are, of course, girls on this beach. And I'm going to be having a tremendous time as a 15-year-old who is obviously going through a big hormonal situation right now. Yeah, moment. that's... You, you vented yeah. your frustrations, as it were. <laughs> Tuesday, the 29th. Home alone. Oh, wow. So you... I never go out with them again this holiday. Every day right, okay. of this holiday, I am home alone. I'm ruling the roost. I've got my own place. It's my first 
taste of freedom ever. I've never had this before. And it turns out to be something I deeply, deeply love. Flipping loved when I went off to university and I just lived in this one room and had everything. I had a desk, computer, telly, DVD player, toilet and shower, hi-fi. Needed nothing else. It was fantastic. When I'm in a grump, when I've had too much, Abby knows, leave him alone. She just goes somewhere. And then I'm like, yay, you know, I have a brilliant time again. <laughs> that It turns out I'm someone who needs to be left alone. And I'm not, like, introverted. Like, I like hanging out with people. I have a great time. But then leave me alone. Well, that's introversion. You know, you need to recharge yeah. your social batteries. I'm the same. Yeah. It's a weird kind of introversion, though, where what you're recharging your batteries for is to be extroverted. It's not so much introversion as it is simply being actively antisocial. Ah, there you go. That's what I... Yeah. <laughs> I have a backache of... And because this Fortnite's Diary Zone is both extra aggravating and has an actual plot arc that I'm finding very difficult to truncate without breaking it, I'm now going to break it. In two, that is. Yeah, let's leave Dave to his emotional confusion for now and get back to the actual comic, and we'll check back in on him later as he wallows in a kind of hormonal joy, unaware that betrayal lies at the end. Stay tuned. It's exactly what we thought it would be. Yeah, uh, but that's what we wanted. Yeah, it's that full splash page of Knuckles Metallics making his dramatic introduction from just last issue. Just one issue later now, and they've turned it into a double page pinup. They knew what they had. Yeah, it, yeah, and it looks gorgeous. It blows up lovely, presumably Ooh, yeah. because it was already a full page of art. God, it's nice. Yes, I suppose uh, this would be close to life size almost, wouldn't it? If not even actually a little bit smaller than you know the size the art was actually produced at. Oh, I see. I thought you meant life size of a little oh, robot man. Actual, oh, yeah, as the real life metallics. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, no one well, mate. He's a bit taller than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I suppose this would probably be about the size. Because there's no artifacts of uh, enlargement. You know, it looks perfect. Yeah, well, I suppose there's a couple of points around the outside on the sky where somebody's dribbled on it and <laughs> paints <laughs> run in little circles here and there. I was surprised that there were no tear stains on any of those pages in the diary zone. <laughs> there may well have been. They haven't uh, over-adorned it with stuff to Gubbins. ruin it. They've yeah. No, they've put a little STC pin-up art Richard Elson in the corner. Well, that counts as a... Uh, that's a credit, so that's a good thing. Yes, I think that's what those are basically for, yeah. is to put the credit on. And it's very small, and then at the bottom they've written metallics. I don't think you need that. I think... I don't, they need to understand that real posters don't have that. They don't have a thing that tells you, incidentally, this is a poster of this. Like, you know. A lot of posters for children do. Do they? A lot of posters for children. You put a picture of a footballer up and it of the footballer's name on it. Okay, then. Okay, then. I'm sure lots of posters from magazines would have the names of things on them. Well, this certainly does. But it's not intrusive, and frankly, you can snip it off. If you want, it's just neatly along <laughs> the bottom there. The Dreaded Poople Plague, written by Nigel Kitching and Richard Rayner, with art by Mick McMahon and letters by Ellie DeVille. The prof invents a time machine and travels back to medieval Swansea, but winds up landing on top of the famous doctor David Leake, and apparently killing him. Knowing that Leek is meant to cure the Poople Plague sweeping across Wales, the Prof vows to take his place and do it for him, but the people of ye olden days don't hold any truck with his modern medicine. Fortunately, Dr. Leek turns out to only be unconscious, and he's soon up and curing everyone with leeches and barnacles in no time. 
What an off-the-wall decap this one is. <laughs> yeah, it's bananas, this. Love it. First off, we McMahon decap. Yeah. Nice to see another one of them. It is a disaster. I have done a terrible thing. You have got to help me. Don't tell me, Prof, you burn the toast again. Nein, Igor. It is even worse than that. I am responsible for a terrible plague in medieval Swansea. So, uh, Jock and Igor and Hare just think he's gone bonkers. But no, he's got a time hole in the castle now. He's just got one. That's never. There's never any explanation for it. We're not. He's just got one. He's, he's been got going a time on hole. about. This is the time machine you've been going on about. <laughs> time machine. I better get a straight jacket. And it's just a. It's just a hole in the floor with smoke coming out of it. Just a hole that they fall out of. Look at these wonderful McMahon peasants that he's drawn. Oh my god! They, aren't they great? These lumpen people. They're, I love McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, and also, top of page two, look at that Chuck face poking in. It's fantastic. Yeah. McMahon, McMahon doesn't give a f***. He knows he can draw. He knows he can communicate with his drawing. And it, he knows it doesn't matter how he does it as long as he does it. So he can have a person just like the side of their face just like stretching into a panel and looking round backwards and, and do anything he wants. It's weird stuff. Look at, oh, I love this. Look at the way when they jump into the time machine hole. The panel stops mm. under that to communicate that it's like nothing under there. It's They're going into this other place. Brilliant stuff. And the establishing shot of ye olden times. It's amazing. You've just got... It's great. Most of the panel is taken up by like one of them old time medieval houses. And then there's just a gap and another one just placed there to go, look, look everyone, medieval house. Here's the outline. It's bigger on the top story than it is on the bottom story. You all recognize that. Bang, there it is. Here's a little one in the background. That's the village. I would have to sit there... It's poetry. It as poetry is supposed to be to language, so is Mick McMahon art to drawing. He knows just what lines to put down, and he doesn't put any more down because he's got the ones he needs. He puts them. It's brilliant. And his people are all nose, yeah. nose, nose, and different kinds of nose. He doesn't just different kinds fall of back nose. They're not all just the one nose, but they're all nose. Yeah, and they're just wonderfully silly, characterful heads. Oh gosh! Speaking of nose. So look at the prof. Last yes. panel of page two there. You can see his nostrils Oosh. just... Uh, yes, yeah, gosh. Yeah. Gosh, that's a, that's a hell of a nose. It's, it's got a slight upward curve to it. <laughs> and uh, the prof explains that he, he fell on... He fell on the doctor when he came through the hole. <laughs> and he, I think he is dead. So what? Says Igor. He's the famous Dr. David Leake. He saved Wales from the awful poopal plague. <laughs> and then we hear the first symptom of the plague emanating from a nearby house, which goes... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's spelled rumbaloo. <laughs> it is the first symptom of the poopalism. And it's around this point that we realise that poopal is not... <laughs> I thought, purely based on the title and having no knowledge of what I was getting into, I yeah. thought it was going to be about some kind of horrible little rampaging creature, like right. a tribble or a gremlin right. or a critter or yeah, something. Yeah. No, no, it's chronic dung-yourself-inside-out disease. <laughs> oh, very poetic. Speaking of poetry. <laughs> very good. Yes, that's, that would appear to be what's going on here. Not sure what the sewage system was like in those days, but uh, mm. I'm glad I didn't have to find out. Poople. Poople. It's just the professor's funny way of saying the poople. Like the pumpkins. It is the poople. <laughs> it's just poo. It's just a poo the poop, disease. It's the poo plague. A, a little mention of this off-panel voice going, mm. Bring out your poly! Yeah. I'm not dead. <laughs> 
Drink this bicarbonate of soda. It will help calm your rumbling tummy. What's this? I don't want a fizzy drink. I want an up-to-date medical treatment. You don't have any leeches. Call yourself a doctor. You could at least give him a fish to sit on. <laughs> <laughs> and then the doctor wakes up and bursts his way in. Oh, you're alive! And he, uh... <laughs> I was going to call it a stethoscope, but it's just like a, a, a peculiar listening tube. <laughs> It's like a, it's almost a sort of Dr. Seuss invention, isn't it? It's yeah. a, it it ratchets outwards like a, a looking far away lens telescope. telescope. It telescopes outwards like a telescope, you could say. It telescopes out like one of those looking <laughs> Look far away lenses. Uh, looking away lens. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got a, and it's got a, a plunger on each end. Basically, he puts one on his tummy and he listens to the other one and he goes. What's the rather nasty case of poopers we have here? Take one leech after meals and sit on this fish for three days. <laughs> well, at least let me leave you a bottle of headache pills. He's not sitting on them, boy <laughs> <laughs> You realise I've got to play this to Abby at the end. <laughs> and then they're, they're warped back to the present. Their time is up. Everything will be all right. History tells us that Dr. Leek goes on to save the people of Wales from an appalling poopal plague. By having everyone sit on fish. Fairly <laughs> come, my boy. Sometimes the old remedies are the best. Particularly funny drawing of the prof in that <laughs> oh panel. Oh, God, he looks so good. Positively muppety. Oh, the prof just looks so good in everything yeah. in this story in particular. Yeah. Then we end with a little two-panel joke where hey. the prof has contracted the pooples. <laughs> to the fishmongers. Want to be quick about it? Next issue, more decap foolery, and honestly, that's the best thing you could apply to the end of that strip yeah. because there's no point trying to even imply what the plot is next. Doesn't issue, matter because that might be the single silliest decap that there's been. It might, yeah. In which our heroes travel back in time to medieval Wales and think they've killed the one man who can cure the sh disease that's going to <laughs> ravage the country. What on earth gave Nigel the idea for this? What on earth? Where does it come from, eh? What's this got these, these, these writers, eh? Where oh, did they where get did their, their ideas, ideas from? Graphic Zone! Oh, here's mm. one for the listeners. Oh my, oh gracious. It's the furry zone. The furry brackets-ish zone. Yes, it's not furry-ish at all. A regular Sonic graphic zone would yeah. be more furry than this graphic zone. Yes. Why is it called the furry-ish zone? No, no, it's ish indeed. What are they even talking about? Because this is a selection of images in which Sonic and co. are drawn to look like animals that they are not. <laughs> Mostly insects and greeblies of that sort. Yes, they're, they're almost all insects. There's five mm. insects and or arachnids, <laughs> you know, bugs and mini beasts. Yeah. One that is indefinable. <laughs> one shadow creature. <laughs> one undefinable shadow creature. And the first one from Zishan Hanif in Nelson Lancashire is Marsupalami with yeah. Sonic's head. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's what it is. Now, does yep. remind me, does Marsupalami have this disturbingly bare belly button or is it, is it couldn't tell you don't care <laughs> it's definitely marsupilami oh it's oh it's 100 percent marsupilami i was just wondering whose idea it was because of course you have to have sonic's exposed feet as well which we don't like on the, this show they're not sonic's feet they're marsupilami's feet he's just wearing well that's the thing yeah so that makes it a bit better marsupilami has skinned and hollowed out sonic's head and is wearing it as a hat Many things for the uh, for the listeners on the internet. The it's called the furry zone. You can see Sonic's feet, and the title given to this one is Leopardkin. 
Sonic the Leopardkin. Christ. Oh my god. Ah, the rest of these are fairly normal, though. Lucy Harrison over here on the right has sent in a knuckle mm. snake. It's a snake with knuckles' his head. So that's it. It's cute, this. And it's pink, of course, because as we all know. Yes. Pink. Pink. Knuckles is pink. Not only is Knuckles pink, but the snake Knuckles is is pink. And he's mm. sticking his tongue out, and it's curly like a snake. And they've captioned it Knuckles. <laughs> Do you get it? And the next one's quite elaborate, isn't it? Yes, Nicholas Phillips from Leeds has gone uh, 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 crazy on this one. He's gone hog wild. It's, uh, it's... Where do you start? You start with the head. It's Robotnik's head. Yes. Adventures Robotnik, but with all sorts of embellishments. He's made him lumpier and knobblier and wibblier mm. than usual. And he's saying, Sonic, you can't beat Dr. Scorpbotnik. Because he is a mechanical scorpion. Yeah, it's Dr. Robotnik's head. On a robot scorpion body. With flames coming out, a little flame jet on the side. Little stabilizers. Yeah. <laughs> He's shooting lightning from his stinger on yeah. the end of his tail, which is all multicolored, yeah. the, the tail. It's, it's all segmented in different colors, whereas the rest of his body is just brown. And he's got a skull and crossbones stuck on the side, which, because this is a cartoonist at heart, is peeling at the corner. Strange one. Very interesting. Daniel Rippington in uh, Walderslade, Chatham, Kent. It's a terrible shame that he's drawn us a picture of Sonic with his legs chopped off and his knob hanging out. Yeah, it's it's a shame, isn't it? Oh, well, moving on from that one. Um. <laughs> it's called Earthworm Sonic, yes. and it's it's exactly what I've just described. It is Sonic's full head, body, and arms, no legs, and instead where his legs would be is the back end of an earthworm. Yes, trailing an so impressive it, uh, looks, uh, earthworm yes. body. Yes, it's uh, pendulous. And Sonic is well aware of how impressive it is. Oh, he's loving it, yeah. He's got Check his me out. both fists raised, big smile on his face. He's going, yes! What's happened here is, this is the aftermath. He's just made a wish, hasn't he? And the, uh, <laughs> the downside to the wish is that he hasn't got his legs. But Sonic, he's thinking, you know what? Yes, that was my main asset, but I can roll. I'm entering a new period of my life now, and I'm very happy about it, he's saying to himself. Job done. Maybe this. Maybe he knows that this is a wish that ends at midnight, so he's going to have himself a tremendous afternoon. <laughs> Would you love Sonic even if he was a worm? <laughs> Would you love me even if I had no legs but a massive... Daniel Pickerden from Claythorpe's has done the indefinable shadow being we were referring to earlier, which is a, a rather off-model rendering of Sonic, who instead of being blue is all black scribbles. Yes, and not, not just scribbles. Scribbles, each line of which scribble goes entirely from left to right of the body of the thing. Yes, all the way across, yes. Cross-hatched. Cro yes, if you like, because they're not done with a ruler and they do cross over. It doesn't seem necessarily that that was deliberate. It's just that this boy isn't very good at drawing straight lines. Um, but what's an interesting... Because because if it's cross-hatched, then all of the ones that are sort of angled in one direction are done with a running-out felt-tip pen, which starts mm. off quite respectable and then runs out as the picture goes on and then all the ones going the other way seem to be done with a pencil yeah it's, it's strange they've captioned it sonic crossing, crossing. as if to say a, he's a zebra crossing oh that's what they mean yeah so that's why they've put it in the animal thing antonio real in staveley which is near chesterfield in derbyshire um has drawn what uh, sdc here captions as knuckles the centipede and uh, yes, it's a that's sort of. That's what it is. It's, that yeah. seems to be what it is. It's a big fat. I wouldn't. I would first have called it a caterpillar because the first thing you notice is the big fatness sure. of the segmented body of this thing, which is a different colour for each segment. And it has millions of little stick legs coming off the bottom of it, and it's walking on a branch, and its head is knuckles looking at us with a real come hither 
kind of a... The doing the DreamWorks face. Yes! Long before it's time. Yeah. And then the last one continues the creepy crawly theme. It's from Mark Mould in Stoke-on-Trent. It's Sonic the Snail. Yes. So it's a big curly snail shell with Sonic's torso Sonic and head coming out the front of it. We don't, we don't as, need to tell you anything about this. Yeah, you can imagine you can it exactly. See, you know, and he's absolutely loving it. He's loving it. Look at his great big open mouth. He's like, yes, this was his second wish. I don't know what he's going to get out of this one, but I don't think. <laughs> Mark Mould has had the, uh, the classic problem that anyone drawing a snail has, which is we all know that its shell is curly-whirly, but at some point you have to decide how to connect that with the rest of the body of the snail, and that's very difficult. He's, he's just cut it off, made it into a circle, and just had a bit of snail poke out of either end. You think you, As a kid, you think the head comes out one end and the tail comes out the other end, but it doesn't. The head comes out one end, becomes the body and the tail. That's what yeah, a snail is. It's all one thing. The snail, yeah. the, the sh- it's not like a turtle. No, exactly. The, they just poke out of separate holes. No. The shell rests on, on the, the back, back of, of the, the snail. The slippery, wet lump that is the snail. And this is famous, and everyone knows this. And yet, what child hasn't drawn a snail shell and then gone like, Oh, where do I, how do I do this? Because you don't know about the horn end. That's the thing. No, Earthworm Sonic is taking care of the horn end <laughs> of things. Amy. Starstruck, part one. Written by Lou Stringer. Art by Roberto Corona. Bob Corona. Colours by John M. Burns. And letters by Elita Fell. To thank them for saving his life last issue, Norris Wimple invites Amy and Techno to join him at a concert by pop star Fabian Vane. During the show, an angry crowd member storms onto the stage, but Amy and Techno subdue him, which prompts Fabian to hire them as his bodyguards for the rest of the tour. He claims he just wants them to protect him from obsessed fans, but Amy and Techno quickly deduce that he's hiding the truth and that someone has a serious grudge against him. I was a little surprised at the start of this one to see that it was part one. I was a little surprised at the end of this one to see that it was part one. <laughs> okay, well, we. Because I didn't notice at the start. <laughs> well, we both reached the same conclusion <laughs> in different directions. But yes, knowing that this was the story that was going to introduce Fabian Vane. Yeah. Perhaps the last of the truly notable original characters that Loose Ringer would add to the SDC canon. But he's just a silly pop starman. So we just thought it was going to be more jokes like, oh, last issue was like, oh, aren't nerds sad? Mm, yeah. And this was going to be like, oh, aren't take that rubbish who's gonna be the the thrust of this one but no there's a real little story happening here yeah um yes now so so fabian vane over the course of the show so far i've made a couple of references for him you have he's just a name i was able to pull that i remember uh, happening later but also i hated fabian vane <laughs> when i was a teenager and i can't remember why and i'm looking forward to finding out because it's a joke about preening celebrity yeah, pop a guys pop star thing yeah. so maybe that preening gets really annoying later on i don't know but my memory is that the, the, he was really aggravating to me whenever he came in yes i feel like if you were getting angry at him you were missing the joke yeah exactly yeah that's the thing it's it paints me as very credulous doesn't it because it's one of these things where the thing is that the characters are going like this guy's annoying and then i'm at home waving my little fist going oh yeah he is yeah, yeah so he annoying. is isn't he yeah he is <laughs> yeah. oh i hate him so much yeah oh how i hate him you know i'm good babe so don't be so sad just go buy my records. Make <laughs> my bank account glad. Oh dear. I always have a little squirm when glad comes in as the rhyme for sad. Cause it's, <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's like life and knife. It's like, put your hands in the air like you just don't, don't care. care. Yeah. 
wonder who originated that. That should be something I should be who able to Who first noticed that the words sad and glad were opposites and rhyme? <laughs> Truly a mystery for the ages. Turn that frown upside down, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Amy's top. Uh, what even is that? Oh, Chris, I know this symbol so well. All right. From the science folders and the pencil cases of the girls in my class, that is the Take That logo. Oh, my God. And what a great little gag. I thought when you said you knew it from science folders, <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me it was the circuit symbol for a resistor or something. No, that is the, the Take, take that, that Logo. logo. <laughs> so we've had... The heart that started off as the symbol on Amy's top has been, you know, the artists have had fun making it different things, and that's all it's ever been. This is the first time I've noticed it being a joke about the strip, about mm. the environment, and long may this continue. This is the stuff I want. The symbol in question being a red circle with a yellow interior and two capital T's, top and bottom, stacked. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, radiating out. And they're not happy to be here at this Fabian Vein show at all. No, they want to be at Take That. Yeah, yeah. They, they want to be home on the internet with their friends. <laughs> it's the price to pay for saving Norris. Free tickets in exchange for his gratitude we could hardly refuse. But Norris is enjoying it and he throws his shirt up on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Whips the... He uh, had to take off two layers to do that. Yeah, had to get the anorak off yeah. and then get the shirt off and then throw the shirt and then put the anorak back on. And the look of disgust Amy's giving it. <laughs> it's a real look of disgust. I've already seen more in Oris than I want to. <laughs> and then, oh, I like this. He goes, oh, sorry. I guess I got carried away there. And of course, Amy says, you should, you should. be. Oh, I didn't clock it. I thought when he said sorry, <laughs> I thought she was just saying you should be sorry. Oh, but right, no, yeah, yeah. of course, of course, she's saying, yeah, you should be carried it's away. It's a classic. It I love Fabian's shoes. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. His. Oh, Proper, like, platform shoes that are as high as his knees. Glam rock <laughs> Davilins. Yeah, they are. <laughs> he's right up in the air. Yeah, because they're the first thing you notice in the very first panel, where he's just a little speck at the mm. center of the panel, and we're, we're out in the crowd. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just a little tiny stick figure standing on top of on these gigantic platform. platform shoes. I didn't clock it, actually. That Yes, this is a he's drawn as a glam rock guy rather than a... You know, pop star of the time. Although, yeah, yeah. even now... Let's be honest, he's drawn as a particular glam rock guy. Well, all right, yeah. Whose name we shall not speak. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, the thing is, even now, as I think back to... And I don't have to think far, because I'm watching, like, 1994 Top of the Pops as they're repeating. And this is a couple of years off, but, like, w there wasn't really an image of a pop star at the time, was there? What, how would you have no, drawn a really, pop star? No. You know. Well, each pop star kind of had their own... Yeah. East 17 had their backwards they baseball one, caps, yeah. you know. But take that, I couldn't describe. They were just blokes. Just blokes. <laughs> and also, it didn't have what you had with He Who Shall Not Be Named or with Elvis before him, where it's like, not only is this someone who has their own look, but that look is not an attempt to just look like a cool person in normal life. Mm, it's a it's a persona. It's yeah. A, it's a costume. Yeah, it's a mad costume that isn't from anything else. So if you drew people from 1997, what's that? Like, how did Oasis dress? How did... Disheveled. No doubt dress. How did Blur dress? Disheveled, I think, is the answer. <laughs> you know, they dressed normal. Like, that's what the Spice Girls had going on for them. Mm. They dressed in individualized outfits. You knew what their deal was. Yeah, kind of. But you could still see someone walk around dressed like that. You know, it's just that they were a bit flamboyant, but not outside the realm of normal clothing, you know? Anyway, Fabian Vian mm. is here. And, uh, face it, baby. I make your life complete if you look at that guy. 
I'll make him dead meat. I hope you're enjoying these dramatic Shatner-esque readings of the lyrics. Very, very big fan of Lou Stringer, but he's not a lyricist. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not supposed to be doing good songs, is he? No, true. That is true, actually. Anyway, this big, round, grey thing <laughs> stomps up onto the stage. Not exactly a definable animal, is it? Um, well, it's like... Vaguely porcine. Yeah, vaguely rhino wine as well. With no horn. Well, no, quite. It's not a rhino, but it is... Rhino wine, isn't it? You're right. You know. You know what? You're right. I did actually almost write rhino in uh, the synopsis before I then went back to look at the strip uh, and check to see what kind of animal it was. So yes, mm. there's an air of that. What he is is he's a cross between bebop and rocksteady. Is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of is. Get out of the way! I want what's mine. It's payback time, vein. He storms up onto the stage, but then Amy and Techno tackle him down, and he bonks his head and is knocked out payback time and you wonder for what mm. but we never find out because he's bonked he's bonked his head you stopped him Amy the concert can continue cheers someone from the audience and Amy goes mm, not sure that's a good thing <laughs> Amy's just a little back sass machine in this strip she's just someone says something then she goes mm-hmm. that's the entirety of Amy's role in this strip I mean that's the role I largely fill in life as well <laughs> So the concert's cancelled mid-flow anyway because yeah. uh, I think it's Fabian's manager or agent yes. comes out and says that uh, it's upset his creative flow. Yes, he's got the classic checker pattern jacket where when he moves the around checker the checker pattern, pattern stays, stays in still. Place, yes. yeah. <laughs> and he invites uh, Amy and Techno backstage and Norris thinks he's going to go to Not you, geek! I suggest you take a walk along with your dirty washing and throws his shirt that he threw up on the stage back at him. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. So Fabian, they see he's combing his luxurious hair. Yeah. Thanks for saving my skin back there, babes. How would you like to be my personal bodyguards for the rest of the tour? Sorry, we don't do babysitting, says Amy. No, listen, I'm in real danger from some of my fans. They want to <laughs> tear me apart. And then Amy whispers to herself, yeah, after hearing you sing, I completely understand why. <laughs> So they agree, sort of. Mm, we'll do it on one condition. What's the deal, babes? Don't call us babes! Barbed wire stuff going on here. So he's got a hover car. A unique car for a unique voice. Very nicely drawn hover car. Yes, looks lovely. And uh, as they're leaving, mm. a crowd of angry individuals come out. Including the, the guy we've already seen. Including the guy from before. But there's what looks like a scientist. Yes. Or, or somebody in a, in a long white coat, anyway. Mm-hmm. A doctor. Yeah, or it could a, be. Somebody in, a, somebody in a lab coat or a doctor's coat. And a builder mm-hmm. with a hard hat and a trowel in hand. Yeah. And a couple of others, too, that we don't see enough to... Um... So it's a cross-section of society are coming after him. Yeah. And, uh... I want a piece of you! Shouts one of them. Our heroes escape in the hover car. You can't run forever! Your days are numbered! Yeah, and as they speed away, the question is... It's not really, like, actually raised in the text. It's just raised in our minds by the text. Mm. What, exactly, is this guy's deal? What have Amy and Techno got lumbered with here? What's he done? What does he do that's causing this? Then the final panel is Techno whispers to Amy. That lot didn't sound like fans to me. Mm. And he was, yeah, too right. Something Vane's not telling us. And we're going to find out what it is. I'm assuming this one's a two-parter. This yeah. feels two-partery. Yeah. Next issue, top of the hit list. Oh, nice! That's a good little joke, that is! A good little joke for that title! Like a list of yeah. hits, but also... To... Yeah, that's a good little mystery. The central mystery is good. I do find the sentiment of the bits surrounding it is a bit... It dates 
Well, it doesn't date because people still do it today, but it is unfortunate, say, the sentiment surrounding the whole thing, like, aren't pop stars that girls like stupid? Yeah. Aren't things that young women are passionate about stupid, really? And they, that's not, to be fair, that's not the text because the most pathetic, obsessive follower in the strip is Norris. No, true, yeah. But doesn't it come, when you were reading it, wasn't that a surprise that he'd be into this? Because this is definitely a for girls coded pop star, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, even more so now that you've pointed out to take that logo to me, yeah. Yeah, which I didn't know when I read it originally. Uh, yeah, and, but but it's trying so hard to push against that model of femininity. Is that the word I want here? You know, where it's like, oh, isn't it a silly girly thing to like a pop star? So our two tough mm, girls, mm. two tough girl here as well, they don't like him and don't call us babes either, mister. You know, yeah. it's, it's that that model of feminism whichever wave of feminism that was i don't know i mean and, and I, I i'll sit here and say i could be completely off base in my read of it in that regard I, well yes i mean it's not causing any there wouldn't have been any activism against this strip but i don't think i think it's fine <laughs> no no maybe it'd be fabian himself maybe from young dave was yes. the one who got the pushback yeah. you know but it's just it's it's, it's one of those things it's well-meaning 1990s uh, male feminism it's coming from a well-intentioned place absolutely yeah but <laughs> I have a bad case of And speaking of things Chris can't fully condone that come from a well-intentioned place, let's re-angle our binoculars towards the observatory over the beach and find young Dave on his hormonal roller coaster, enjoying time alone for the first time in his life. It's Tuesday the 29th, and he's got to figure out what he's gonna do all day by himself. Fortunately, it is in this environment that our subject has just learned that he thrives. So I'm loving it. It's my first taste of this. Just like yesterday, I'm staying home alone today. Yesterday, it ruled. Uh, yesterday, I watched a program called My So-Called Life. Wow, <laughs> My So-Called Life. Do you remember that? Barely. I remember nothing about it. Yeah. Remember it existed. Remember the, the, the opening. Do you? I don't remember that. I just remember the... I'm gonna rewatch it because thinking about this holiday, when I when I if I try and remember my so-called life, I remember this holiday because this is where I was watching it by myself because I'm making lunch for myself. I've got to come up with what I'm gonna do. So I am making for my lunch every day. I've listened to the Americans maybe on my so-called life. I am making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Correct, Chris. My first ever. <laughs> Quite nice. Interesting, certainly. Did you have any objection to them being called jelly at the time when it was clearly Oh, no, jam? I was calling I was calling peanut, peanut butter, butter and jam, jam sandwiches. sandwiches, obviously, yes. yes. Of course. Obviously. And a jam sandwich is a British staple, so all you're doing is adding some peanut butter to it. It's not actually that exactly. much different at all. I'm surprised you could even get peanut butter in this country in 1997. <laughs> I didn't think they'd allowed it across the border yet. <laughs> it was a mistake. Like Dr. Pepper when that was allowed across the border six months earlier. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, my so-called life, it ruled. I don't know whether it was just a cool episode of a normally crap show, but yesterday's was brilliant, so I'm watching it again today. Oh, so that's on every day. It's the summer, so it's probably on one of the kids' mm, streams yeah. or something, because it's a, it's a young people's program, isn't it? So, my so-called life, my memory... I can't be an expert and do the whole primer on it, but what I remember is that it's basically the natural thing for you to watch if you enjoyed Saved by the Bell when you were a bit younger. Mm. It's for 15-year-olds, and it's just like, here we are at school, and here are our school problems. That's what it is. When I was looking over this diary, I, I did Google it, and uh, I saw stuff about how, like, if you watch it now, it'll just 
kind of seem like this twee, pre-Buffy teen show. At the time, it was quite unusual and set a lot of the groundwork for things like Buffy, and it kind of was a bit... They didn't go as far as to say revolutionary, but they said it in undertones, you know. It was a... Mm. What a surprise... There's a bisexual character in it, and that's Mm. just accepted as a fine thing to be. Things like that. And, you know, we're looking at mid-90s, 94, 95, so stuff like that is quite good. Anyway... 2.07 p.m. I've already written at 11.15, and I can't hold myself back. I'm writing again at 2.07. Nothing else to bloody do, mate. No, it's that I'm I'm overcome with emotion, because I say... I know this is going to sound a little weird and all, because, like, I was just this minute complaining about this crap situation and all, but... My life rules? The... A- <laughs> He's rolling his eyes, folks. The actual, real holiday memories began today. I mean, the real ones. I watched my so-called life again, and it somehow makes me realise that, in my style of life, things could be a whole lot worse. Just because I'm a teenager. Oh, so this is what I'm connecting with here. I'm watching Mm -hmm. teenagers with problems, and I'm going like, I don't have any of them. And that my style of life is the best there is. So I'm at the top of the top. What are you even talking about? I'm just happy. My style of life? It's a hormone swing, isn't it? This is clearly me trying to justify the fact that I randomly feel good again. And here we have... No, if you want to know about my style of life, here's some bullet points. Oh, God. You wrote a list. Right, okay. One. I got the house to myself. Two. I have money. Apparently, I've saved up a bit of pocket money. Three. I'm reading a Pratchett book. (laughs) Four. I just read Buster. <laughs> I'm never too far from Little Dave is the point here. I've just read a Buster. Sounded like you were getting to grips with Little Dave quite rightly there in the previous day. <laughs> I'm such a lucky guy. I feel like I just run down the road and jump into the sea and swim straight to America to meet my friends. <laughs> anyway, with you later on. Wednesday, we have some Sonic content. Well, it's about time. I finally beat the end boss of Sonic 2. <laughs> Apparently I've never beat it before. All it takes is a day of sitting alone on my own with my Mega Drive and no interruptions! No pestering! <laughs> Thursday the 31st. And I'll skip over what happened in today's My So-Called Life. No. But it involved time travel. <laughs> Whoa. Looks like adolescent vanity is kicking in i decided today my teeth could do with being a whole lot whiter than they are well we all think that so i cleaned them vigorously using crest complete (laughs) i brushed my teeth so hard i made them bleed and they're no whiter some of them are looking positively yellow this is suck by the time i'm 16 or 17 i'll have white teeth (laughs) i've made a decision (laughs) holiday nearly over yeah, I'll be going home day after tomorrow. Uh, it's a shame, really. I mean, I love this holiday. I can do everything I can do here and more at home, but I'll always remember this place as one of the holiday greats. I'm going to miss the view of the beach and some of the people who seem to be living on the beach. Ah, but no, it did seem like a really nice idea. you got about 18 living down there. Four girls, four boys. They're camping out in three tents near the beach. They look a bit older than me. I have to do that sometime aspirational teenagers on the beach the regulars i'm spotting never would god no i don't want to go camping (laughs) friday the first of august ah well it's a shame usually the summer holidays get better after the second week this year's got better after the fourth each holiday i oh wait they're leaving the teens are leaving (laughs) i've got my little binoculars out they've just driven away teen spotting teen spotting you get your anorak on did you imagine if this whole time those had been my friends from online and I never knew. Huh. Anyway. 
Every holiday has a movie. 93 was Mario. It was Jurassic Park, but okay. <laughs> 94 was Flintstones. 95 was Casper. 96, it doesn't get a look in. What would that have been? Independence, Independence Day? Day? Yeah. I think this year's is going to be Bean. Bean? <laughs> Bean. The Mr. Bean movie. Not yet mm. out, I have to add. I'm anticipating yes, yes. the Bean movie, and it was a bit of a disappointment. 97. I wonder what it was in 97. Yeah, I'm do a quick look here. Uh, big summer movie of 1997, I can't think. I think I know what it is. And it's not Bean. What do you think it is? I think it's Men in Black. You are correct. Oh, is that summer? Mm-hmm. Men in Black. Hey, there we go. What a perfect summer movie, actually. Yeah. Lovely they one. don't make it like that anymore. They I don't remember when this was all fields. <laughs> Over the next three weeks, everything is going to be so good. This week was amazing. I mean, I never felt quite this way before. It's like I'm in love with life. I'm feeling nostalgic for, for now instead of for the past. And it feels great. <laughs> Worst day of my life five days ago. If I have to put up with... This is a whole new <laughs> level of insufferable. Like, if this is what the diary zone is turning into. It was one thing when you were just going, cheese, wibble, potato, boing, oh, I don't like sports day. But this is... Oh. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. I mean, we may, it may, we may have to death of a thousand cuts. The diary zone sometimes <laughs> if it carries yeah. on like this. Eleven twelve p.m. They didn't leave. After all, I was wrong. It's four girls and it's three boys. So I've decided to call them the Spied on Seven. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. Oh, I'm looking at their house now. Oh, they remind me of my US friends back home. At 5pm-ish tomorrow, I'll be reading all of their hundreds of mails to me. Ah. 11.22pm. Last regards. I will always remember this house. From my acknowledgement of life as a teenager, to my pacing up and down in the view room, singing Starlight Express. <laughs> And thinking of a lizard. Those teenagers on the beach, if they ever binoculared back, they'd see a kid stomping up and down, pretending to be a train. <laughs> you only have to go on Twitter to find that these days. It's not that unusual. And thinking up a list of who I'd like to spend a week camping with. Here I realise just how idealistic my teenage life really is. I think you mean idyllic, don't you? Yeah, I do, don't I? And figured out that nothing in my life can get any better than it is. It's a nice turnaround, isn't it, from the worst day of your life? No, sorry, it could. If I had, one, that PC reality thing. Jesus, that thing again, that you thing. make your own games. Make your own games. Rectified before the end of the holidays. So I'm, I'm, uh, that's why I've got that money I've saved up for this. Ah, still got your eye on it. And two, a PC flatbed scanner. Rectified at Christmas. Alright, those are the two things my life is lacking. I genuinely thought it was going to be a girlfriend. <laughs> no, no. Because you're clearly craving human companionship. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Of a non-familial nature. Mm. This was the happiest holiday of my life. Saturday, the 2nd of the 8th, 1997, 11.56pm. Betrayed. Oh no, it's all gone wrong. Betrayed. I feel... I don't know what I feel. Why? When I got back from the holiday, I did a few things with the net, all very rushed. One of the last things I did was remember to look up my so-called life. I found the so-called ring and was really excited about it. And then I saw it. The official notice. It had been cancelled. My so-called life 
was to be axed. Cancelled forever. Why? Why? Because Claire whoever, the girl who played the main character... Claire Danes, wasn't it? Claire Danes. Her off Romeo and Juliet. And her lawyer made them. They arranged to have the show ended. Well, either that or they said she had no intention of doing another season and so they had to axe it. I feel so betrayed! See, this is a little better, to be honest. Although you've really <laughs> summed up the drama in your soul, you're really annoyed about a TV show being cancelled, and that's a little more tolerable than, than everything else I've had to listen to this week. The series doesn't work unless you see her as someone to trust, and then she does this! <laughs> Conflating an actor and their fictional character, right? Step one of the uh, weirdo internet fandom obsessive handbook. But I won't give up. I'll start a petition <laughs> on the internet <laughs> to bring back my favourite show. But because it's 1997, that doesn't work yet. But I won't give up. I'll continue visiting the web ring and watching the shows as before. I'll try to put this little incident out of my mind. Denial, is it? Clearly what's happened is she's got the part in Romeo and Juliet and is like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't need this job anymore. Um, you know, I looked it up. It just wasn't very popular. Like the ratings weren't very high and it was axed. It wasn't her fault at all. I don't know why. I don't know where we've got it. Fans on the internet have always been the same. Mm -hmm. They've found somebody to blame. And the final entry this fortnight, Monday the 4th of the 8th, 97. Today, I bought the Games Factory for 49.99, and Ooh. it's worth every penny. Did the space battle tutorial. Right, the Games Factory. This is it, this is it, I've got it. I've got the thing. The mm -hmm. thing, I finally got it. We've been talking about this reality thing all this time. I finally got it. Oh, wait, so this is that, or is this something else? This, because you t the way you talked about it before was like it didn't exist. It was a program called Reality, which existed on the Amiga. I've now heard of a PC version. It's not ah. called Reality. It turns out I was just talking in general about a package that allows you to make games. I bought it. This was the thing that people made games on back in the day if they were kids but who somehow had 50 quid because they'd been saving up their money over the summer. I was so excited I was going to be making games. This is the sequel to something called Click and Play, which a lot more people will have heard of because it was used mm. quite a lot in those days. Kind of like the like the way that somebody might... What do people use now to make games? Not Flash. Whatever they use Compu now. Computers. They use computers. How everybody makes games for Itch.io, don't they? They make it in a certain thing, and I can't think what it is. They do it on the, they do it on the computer. <laughs> And um, this was the computer of its time. I brought it home. I make this tutorial. And of course, never again do I put disc in machine. This is Really? 50 never quid again. down the drain? 50 quid down the drain. Because That's it was it. just an insufferable pain in the hole to use? Yeah. Or? It's complicated. It was hard. It was hard work. You had to learn how to make games. <laughs> you actually well, had to yeah. learn. You had to read the manual and learn how to code and stuff. And like, no, but and it if, seems to me that if this was a year ago, you yeah. would have put the work in. That doesn't it? I know. Yeah. And if they'd have been... I think I think it depends on there being a good tutorial. Because a year ago, mm. I was getting all my software off magazines that gave you a one-page tutorial of how to make stuff. Mm. And after that, you got the basics you can play. Whereas this is just a manual. So it's like... It's telling you in great depth how to work everything. And it's just, oh no, I've never been able to read manuals. They're really hard. And that's it. And then we, we end on my so-called life. I turned on, mum was there watching with me. Crap episode. Now I doubt I'll ever be able to watch it again. And he never did. And I never did. 
In it the way. I think I did one more time, actually. But yeah, my favorite show. That wonderful week. I have only seen five episodes of this show in my life. It was what I was talking about. I, I even skipped over some stuff about how great it felt to be to have a show to base my life around again and how great that makes life feel because I'm remembering how I used to do that. And uh, it's gone. Bubble burst. That's the end of that. What a shame. And that's my. What a shame so-called is the life. sentiment that I feel sums up the whole of the diary zone there. What a shame. What Sorry, a- Dad. Sorry, Mum. Sorry, Andy. Although you seem to be having a good time throwing things at me, Ed. Fully deserved. I yeah. would throw things at you now. I know. The only reason he's not is because we're separated by an ocean. Yeah. If we were in the same room, I would have thrown so much stuff at you over the course of the last half hour. Spoilers. On the shelf. Dear STC, thanks for a great read. I usually scan my copies in bed with one of my two Sonic duvets, surrounded by all my Sonic characters. However, please, please, can you feature more Tails stories, as he's my favourite and is not featured nearly enough. The biggest Sonic fan I know is my best friend, Thomas Goddard, who has so many copies of STC that he has them piled on the floor as well as on a bookshelf. That one's from Joel Dawes in Andover, uh, who sent that in through email, and for his troubles has won a Sonic 2 Crucial Cup. Yes, the backstock of that has not been worked through yet. (laughs) Megadroid replies, What a scene of domestic bliss you paint, Joel. As for your request, you and many other boomers can relax for the time being, as Tails currently enjoys a run of his own stories. Next issue sees him meet up with Max Gamble in The Unbrushables. Ah, Max Gamble's coming back. Oh, gosh. Speaking of late-stage Lou Stringer recurring characters. Next one, Bad to Verse. Sonic the comic is thoroughly brill. Hope the humes who work on it are not very ill. That one comes in from Fabian Vane. I mean, uh... (laughs) Bard James Hamilton, the poet from Huddleston, Hertfordshire. And Megadroid replies, of course, in a version of rhyme, uh, by saying <laughs> something that might charitably be referred to as poetry. If I'm brutally honest, James, some are off their heads, but I'm not naming names. Television, <laughs> <laughs> this one's captioned. Comes in from Philip Blake in Northampton, says, Dear STC, I really thought your 100th issue was brilliant, and I wondered when each of the humes who contributed towards it are going to appear on the television. Well, that'd be nice. It would be nice, but Megadroid says, Believe me, Philip, it's kinder to your nervous system if you don't actually see them. They're not all as handsome as me, you know. Well, he's really letting the humes have it, this issue on the letters page, isn't he? So those are the three letters. Uh, we got a couple of bits of art. Uh, Which one should we start with? Well, um... They're both, they're both like strong talking points, aren't they? <laughs> and we've got to start with the most dynamic one, don't we? The, the, you, your eyes okay. cannot pass the one they've put top front <laughs> center, which is from friend of the show, yeah. Lynn Triplett, yeah. who has leveled up since we last <laughs> saw some art of hers in the pages of this comic. She was already great, yeah. but good god damn. She's drawing a real passion here. This is a knight's. It's a knight's drawing. And you've got Reela, or Riala, I don't know how it's pronounced, the bad knights, who is there in the foreground, and the real knights is being subdued in the background, with tears coming out of its eyes, and and somebody's, there's, some, there's a dragon or something that they're either riding on or being tangled up in or something. Uh, it's it's too cropped for me to really tell quite yeah. what's going on in it is the problem. Knights the Aerial Acrobat from Sega's Saturn release of the same name. 
says the caption. It's not, of course. It's the baddie. Yes. Knights is in there in the background. Why is the baddie not called Days? Well, quite. And if you don't know Lynn's uh, artwork, if you haven't seen these drawings before, like, this is someone who's very obviously punching below her weight by sending mm. into STC. Like, she's beautifully rendering everything in more colouring pencils than you've seen in your life, or whatever it is she happens to be using here. It's, uh, it looks painted to me, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it says we can check out STC 110, that's next issue, for a pinup of Elliot from Nitopia. What? Another Knight's pinup, eh? Good old. Oh dear. And it'll be another screenshot from the intro animation, presumably. Almost certainly. And the other picture below, uh, from Stephen Williams and Tamworth, he's jumped the gun a little with his drawing. He sent in a picture of Metallic's Mark II, where he he remembers, obviously, that last year we were promised a Knuckles Metallic's Badnik, but it's it's not here yet. But he's drawn it anyway. And he's just drawn what is... Well, he's, he's drawn a Knuckles Metallics, which yes. is not... It's not the Knuckles Metallics, but it's, you know, what would a Metallics look like if it was a Knuckles? Yes, it's, it's basically a normal Metallics coloured red and with a Knuckles head instead of a, yeah. a Sonic head, which you'd think is what the Knuckles Metallics is. But, you know, there's more to them on Knuckles Metallics, which makes me actually... Which makes me think, Knuckles Metallics, one of the key things that differentiates him from a standard Metallics, apart from that it looks like Knuckles, design-wise, is that he's got that sort of little tiara on. Which is very Dracon Empire. Have we found out yet that he like that they were involved in making him in some way? Like I don't actually remember what not it is specifically. No, but it's not. Is it very Dracon Empire? Well, it's alien, isn't it? It's not a metallics. Well, look at it. It's not a metallics thing. It makes it look Atlantean or something, doesn't it? I don't know. It never stood out as a hugely unique or defining element to me. Oh, really? Oh, it does to me. I yeah. think it looks completely different. Uh, anything in our mailbag today, Neil? It's your letters. It's your letters. That's right, regular listeners know we've got our own mailbag that they can send things into at stctpodcast at gmail.com. And here we've got one from Spen, who says... Dear Humes, who think they're in charge, congratulations on making it so far. I love your podcast and you both seem like nice lads. Hey! Who are surprisingly funny and creative. Uh, <laughs> all your guests are great too. Thanks for your hard work. I love Dave's songs. Chicken. And interstitial SFX edits. And especially Chris's extraordinary capacity for vocal mimicry. Hey, thank you very much. I just listened to issue 105, so you're coming up on my first issue. I was born in 1990. Read a neighbour's back issues, covering from the Running Wild saga up to 101. Ooh, good place to start. Mm, But only first found the comic at number 125, and my mother only agreed to buy every issue from 143. Ooh, wow, that's still a year away-ish there, I Yeah, deep in the days of reprinted strips, the 3D Sonic design, and the Mm. Sega brand doldrums. Mm. I bought every issue until 187, at which point it dawned on me that the reprints were a terminal condition, and I started to see strips that I already had access to. That realisation marks the end of my innocence, more or less. 9-11 followed only a year later. Well, I mean, there you go, isn't it? You know, if it's not one thing, it's another, eh? <laughs> I'd never heard of a Saturn, and my first console was an N64, but I had Sonic 3 and Knuckles, Sonic 3D, and Sonic R on PC. Acceptable. Tolerable. Acceptable. Not right, but acceptable. Later, I played Sonic Adventure until the optical drive on my Dreamcast wheezed. Oh, wow. 
That never happened to me. I idolised Sonic and played Sonic 3 to death, although I never made it past Ice Cap. Well, the music was wrong. Until revisiting the game on the Mega Collection. I stayed a loyal Sonic fan until Heroes and Shadow the Hedgehog, which I understand are now undergoing a bit of a renaissance in their reputation. Nope. So, are they? Nope, nope. Not around here, they're not. Anybody that's doing that is wrong and lying. Anybody, anybody that is doing <laughs> that is 25 or under <laughs> and lying to themselves. We've all done it. Except for us, of course. We never did it. No, well, obviously. We, 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 not us, obviously. We no, clearly. The no. proper good ones. It's a funny coincidence, but the things we grew up with were actually good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just We just happened to be 11 just, to just 15 to be at a time issue. when culture was the best. Yeah. The best. It's funny. It's, I, you, know, you know, it's funny you, know, you say that, you know, but, but it's, you know. It's you know in any given list of things, <laughs> something is the best One thing, of them and something has to be is the be the worst, the worst thing, and it just so happens. Do you know what's miserable is that I do believe this to be the case. <laughs> I'll joke about it, but I think it's true. So, well, but uh, Spen is on our side, uh, saying I understand they're un- undergoing a bit of a renaissance in their reputations, but which I felt learned the wrong lessons from Sonic Adventure Two. Yeah, that's right. Yep. All the wrong lessons. Are you sitting down? Uh-oh. I cut all my favourite strips out of my comics with scissors each fortnight to assemble them into immersive binders of mostly Elsen art. Do you know what? Actually, I'm coming around to this idea because yeah. the, the reprint issues anyway. You're just making trade paperbacks there, aren't you? Yeah. This became more frustrating as better reprints appeared on reverse pages over time. Mm. I now reread the scans, which are fine, but I have bad eyesight and long to pore over higher resolution scans or printed pages. The current state of the archive is very sad for me. I want to see a lot of the excised content too. Yeah, we. Yeah, so do we. Mm. We need to find an American with... A letter-sized scanner and a lot of time who can go through it all for us and do it again. Spen continues, I got a signed reproduction of a spread panel from issue 125 drawn by Elson and coloured in that block pastel way by Kitching for my 16th birthday from a crafty girlfriend. Oh, a crafty girlfriend. Get yourself one of those. Oh, oh, poor old Spen. Unfortunately, it, this uh, double-page spread mm. was signed to my dead name. Oh, no. But I still treasure it. Oh, well. I recently lost out bidding on an original page from that issue, but I hope I can grab another because it's so important to me. I know it's not the classic era, but I love the chunky knuckles and anemic tales of the time. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't know there was such a community of others who loved Elson's art. Until I discovered your podcast in 2022. Hey! I thought I was the only true intellectual in the world of freaks. <laughs> oh, flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> I think issue 100 is probably the single piece of storytelling I remember most from my childhood. The combination of art styles and overlapping narratives really impressed me. I loved Kitching's Chubby Sonic. Yes! You've talked some spring sound effect about adventures in earlier episodes. Oh, have we? Oh, I, I loved adventures. No, I've definitely talked some shit about adventures. Okay, okay. I happen to think that is On a... On kind of it being terrible crap, you understand. I happen to think that's a great, absurd, horny cartoon. <laughs> it has I'm n- sure it, I can understand describing it as horny. Mm. Yeah, not, not in a good way, you understand. Hey, yeah. But... I loved it. It has nothing to do with the cyberpunk Beano STC cannon <laughs> <laughs> or the Spartan arcade classicism of the Mega Drive games, but I celebrate the appalling, beguiling diversity of Sonics. That there is a Chuck Jones Sonic, a marvellous creation, without which we would all be poorer. Well, just my two rings. <laughs> hey. I think I'd be happier without it. 
Anyway, I have so much to say about the greatest comic of all time, which I have read every issue of a dozen times or more, but this is already such a long email, I just wanted to reach out before you got to my era. Down with Robotnik, can't wait to hear your jeering voices again soon. <laughs> Spend Greenwood. Boo! <laughs> there was enough of those boos in there already. <laughs> Mega Drive, Mega boo, CD, Adventures, Boo! <laughs> 32X, Dreamcast, Sega Saturn, and gaming PC owner, London. Ooh, the whole lot. P.S. Although the series definitely needed more women, isn't it cool that Lou says techno can be non-binary now for anyone who needs that? Yes, that is very cool of Lou. Yes, very cool of him. Well, as usual, the mailbag takes us to the end of the issue. Next issue, once again, we have to flip back to the reverse of the Metallics pin-up halfway through the issue to see the next issue page. <laughs> next issue... In full swing! Because it's a picture of Sonic and Knuckles Metallics taking big swings at each other. Ooh, they're fighting! Yes! I Well, what I want to do is sit here and talk about how good the drawing is, but we'll do that next episode. Next issue, when it appears in context. Sonic yes. and Metallics, Trials and Tribulations. Because it's a trial. Trial by combat trials. and tribulation by combat. Plus, two new stories, Tales the Unbrushables. Some kind of an Untouchables reference, mm, one assumes. Gonna be a yes. film parody. Well, I wouldn't go that way. I mean, okay. we got Max Gamble in there, so they're doing some kind of organized crime thing. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it was anything more than that, you know. Plus, Decap Attacker? Oh. Decap Attacker? Yes, because the dentist attacks with the pile driver. I guess, but I feel like it's still supposed to just say Decap Attack. The District Dentist. Plus, Amy and Techno, the music swizz. As opposed to Bez, you know, Bez. the music Bez, it's a swizz yeah. because it's whatever Fabian's lie is, like a bird's lie. Yes. And a Knight's pinup featuring Elliot. That's SDC 110 on sale Wednesday the 6th of August 1997, £1.25. And we hope you'll join us for it. When it's out, you'll find it at our website, stctp.zone, or most places good podcasts are available as well. At time of recording, it's still just about possible to follow the podcast on what everyone is obviously going to keep calling Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> at Sonic Podcast. And you can find us individually on there as well. I am at Demon Tomato Dave. And I am at Chris McFeely. And if you're looking for an off-ramp, we are on Blue Sky if the invitation gods have favoured you, but everyone is welcome on our Mastodon server, which you'll find by going to speedlines.stctp.zone. If you're listening to this, then you're eligible. Oh, but unlike Twitter and Blue Sky, it is properly moderated, so read the rules and try not to be rude to the mods. You can support the podcast at patreon.com slash stctp, where a donation of any amount will... I'm a proper robot when I get into this part of the podcast, aren't I? It's like, where a donation of any amount will get you access to our bonus vault. I remember when this was all fields. And that's why we need your pound coins to put in his slot. Because that's yep, how he works. Otherwise I just... <laughs> Brilliant, he's gone. My podcast now. Um, oh, that's great content. You really filled up the airwaves. You really pounced on the opportunity <laughs> there, didn't you, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> chirp, chirp. You hear the crickets going. <laughs> all right. Let's go up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> um... And you can watch our videos. Come to the Patreon. Watch our videos. Martin Adams. End of Mobius. Old fanfic. Blah, 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 videos. Well, we're on Secrets streams. of Mobius now. Dave's Secrets newest of Mobius. Secrets. We do live streams to do these things exclusive for Patreons. There are audio versions available as well, but we do the live streams to make things livelier and more fun to get through yeah. some of this dross. That's right, and we're now, we've now got to the bit of Secrets of Mobius where we're finding out the secrets There's of Mobius. There's some actual secrets of Mobius, yeah. There, there, there are ideas 
Mm. Like, actual ideas for story mm. in the heart of Secrets of Mobius. Yeah. Now, they're coming across kind of insufferably. Yeah. Well, Remember, they're being written by the guy who just think wrote of that who's writing entry exactly, we yeah. had to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> Quite. That's his, his art that he wants to be getting back mm-hmm. to. That's what he's so agonized that he's not getting to do while he's on his holiday. Yeah, so if you, if you liked what you heard of that guy, or hated what you heard of that guy, and want to find out what on earth else was coming well, out of his... Join us in making fun of coming him. Coming out of him at both ends. Yes, exactly, then that's at those streams at the Patreon. Our opening theme was synchronized by Sonic the Comic the Band. But we have been Sonic the Comic the Podcast. And what we're going to do is see you next time. time. React. Make a reaction noise. Uh, okay, here goes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm finding it very difficult. Yeah.